Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, friends. Um, Thank you for listening in. This is our last episode of the year. 2021 has flown by exponentially fast, as they all do. Here we are in December. It's wild. So I have a couple more weeks until I'm going to have a cocktail again, but I did get to make a cocktail for some friends of mine. Jim and Beth Hobart came over to do some day drinking for them. And uh, it was fantastic. Honestly, so much fun. So for them, I made a gin and tonic that had monkey 47 gin, which is my favorite gin. It is so beautiful and complex and it smells delicious and it tastes delicious. And, um, it, you could drink it on its own, which is, um, not something I do all the time with gin. And then you could, uh, it makes a very beautiful gin and tonic. So, um, an ounce and a half of gin will go into, I did like kind of like a Collins glass filled with ice. Um, I topped that off with a half an ounce of lemon juice and about a half ounce of um, hibiscus simple syrup, which is the easiest to make. You literally boil equal parts water and sugar, granulated sugar, and then you um, stir that around on high heat until it boils and everything dissolves. Uh, Take it off the heat and then you will add hibiscus leaves, which you can buy. And you let it sit for a while and it will soak and do its thing. You just strain it and then you've got hibiscus simple syrup. You got to let it cool down before you use it. But it is so colorful, beautiful, tastes delicious, florally, all the things. And from there, I topped it off with tonic water, gin and tonic. And then... Uh, I actually had these little orchids, so I just carnished it with some, an orchid on top. So that is the drink. And my friends, um, have been in Orlando for quite a while. Jim and Beth have their own respective businesses. Beth is a incredible, uh, realtor and she has, uh, quite the talent of taking care of her clients and helping them to find what they want in what a crazy time to be in the market for a house because there is not much on the market. Uh, But she definitely fights for her clients and has been recognized extensively throughout Orlando for her skills in the real estate market in that way. Um, She is a delightful guest and friend and Jim has so many endeavors. You literally have to listen to them. (laughs) Um, It's fun to hear more of their story of how they met all the things, um, how they give back and what they're passionate about. So enjoy this one. And then we will meet again in 2022. Ciao, baby. All right, Jim and Beth Hobart, welcome to Cocktails and Conversation. Thank you for being here. Oh my God, thank you for having us. Cheers. Cheers, friends. Thank you so much for inviting us, Dana. It's good to be here. Mm. You are most welcome, more than welcome. Um, It's been so fun to tell people stories in Orlando. 
And you guys are a big chunk of that. So I'm excited. And we usually, I usually do one, but I just knew that I had to have you both on as like the package deal. Thanks. We are a dream team. A dream team. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yes. So for this moment, I made you a cocktail that I'm sure you're greatly enjoying. It's delicious. It's fantastic. I am sadly not Mm -hmm. drinking for another couple weeks, but, um, Tell us what's I have made this before. It's Monkey 47 Gin, which is my favorite, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. 47 botanicals and spices and blends. And it's just so, I think, intricate and beautiful. And I could drink it on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some lemon juice in there. And then I made a homemade hibiscus simple syrup. Uh, as you do. As you do. Yeah. As one does. Yeah. Uh, and then we topped it off with tonic water. Nice. Uh, a la natural. It's very fresh, refreshing. We're yeah. very fresh and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Mine is not as exciting with just tonic and lemon, but it is for a good moment for right now. But in the new year, I will enjoy again. Yeah. Yeah. Good. A nice, Great. delicious drink. As cocktails are really a part of my life and something that is something that I'm passionate about and do love, I always love to know what your go-to drink is Mm -hmm. cocktail or wine or anything really. It could be whatever, but for you, what would be like your go-to beverage? Mine is super boring because it's just vodka and club soda Mm -hmm. with like the lime muddled. Mm -hmm. Jim makes a great one for me. It's just refreshing. It's light and there's not a ton of sugar. No. Or I love champagne. Okay. So those two are my are my favorites. Are your favorites go to? So, yeah. And I'll say the the trick with the um, vodka soda for Beth is really smashing the lime. Like I have a muddler pestle. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of those things. Yeah. And it you really want to grind the skin and get some of that bitter oil Zest. out of the skin. Yeah. Not just Good. not mm-hmm. just squeeze gently and get a little bit of juice, but you really want to grind it and mm-hmm. that bitterness from the peel that gets right. in, infused as well. Gives it a bit more zing. You're yes. the best muddler, Jim. I am a fine muddler. Whenever I'm out, like, and I ask for that, it's never, it's never as good as. They you. just squeeze it in. They're just like, whatever. This is muddled. Here's some and juice. I'm like, no, muddled. <laughs> no, really. Sometimes muddled. I say mold, and that's incorrect because that's. I'm then I'm thinking mold wine. wine. It's not mold. It's muddled. But talk about right. like, for example, today's our anniversary, yes. and tonight we'll be going out for dinner. And uh, tell them what we will have. Then yeah. it's a gray goose dirty martini with blue cheese olives. Whoa! And they make it great at Christner's and at Cress okay. and at Hillstone too. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a res tonight somewhere? We do. We're going to be at Christner's because at Christner's. they have the guy at the piano. I don't know if you've been, if you've been recently, but they have a man not recently, a, but I have. So picture a guy playing a piano. Yes, but the piano is the bar, so you can sit there and what? Just, and, and ask him to play yeah. like show tunes or whatever. Yeah, Billy Joel. Have. So there are stools oh, around yes. the curved edge of the piano oh, and it's been oh. rebuilt as a bar. So it's got like an ledge to lean on. So you're okay. not like leaning on someone's expensive piano. Right. It's been sure. converted into an actual bar. So we can put your drinks on it without worrying so about fun. messing up someone's right. Steinway or whatever. So, and I grew up like listening to, to basically like Barry Manilow or Tom Jones or mm-hmm. Engelbert Humperdinck. So I have like... <laughs> what a name. I love like a lounge singer cheesy singers mm-hmm. so Beth is, it's, it's so funny to me Beth is anyway, a secret lounge singer herself I am and I send our my brunch bunch uh Kay Rollins Michelle Brady Palmer mm-hmm. and Alex Corzo I send them singing sharks you know how you can make like a little emoji yep 
So I sing yeah. on the lounge singing shark. Um, and she records them in the things bathroom. that I don't know that I now know. Yeah, so you'll yeah. get one of those for me. Right. So the bathroom has, um, you know, high ceiling and hard mm -hmm. walls. It is an echo chamber. Like you do when you sing in the shower, how it right. sounds really good. Yeah. Well, our best bathroom has that echo. Oh, he says my the bathroom because we go ready in two separate bathrooms because yeah. it's way easier. Okay. I'm just saying. So Beth records Secrets her to singing a marriage. shark. Yes. Yep. There you go. There we go. And if but, you need a good singing shark, you want to be in a room well, with some reverb. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. I do it only when the spirit moves me. <laughs> and then if my friends are having a bad day, I'll send like Aww. a ridiculous song that I make up on the fly. Fair it's very, very lounge singery. Very know. lounge singery. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm a good lounge singer. So your heart tonight is just going to be very full oh my God. with I'm drinks cool. and with with a piano we're gonna have it's i'm so so much fun a literal piano bar yeah it, literally. like it literally. is that yeah it is that mm -hmm. i'll take a picture i'll send it to you later, okay because you'll laugh yes fair enough yeah and i'll have an old-fashioned probably tonight an old-fashioned mm -hmm. a little on the sweet side i prefer a little <sighs> bit extra simple syrup or mm -hmm. um the cherry juice out of the jar of dark <laughs> the maraschino cherries mm -hmm. the, the really dark one yeah those luxardo the, the dark red ones not yes. the bright red ones never but yeah. Not in this house. Nope. No. <laughs> Only Luxardo cherries. Yep. I have two. I have one open in the fridge and mm -hmm. I have one not unopened. And ready the to red, go. That deep red syrup that comes <clears throat> out of it. You put a spoonful of that in your in your um, old fashioned and it makes it kind of mm. crimson and not so gold, but more reddish. And man, it's so good. So, yeah. I have so many drinks that are like on my list upon the new year yep. mm -hmm, <laughs> that I will enjoy. And Can we be here and share one of those with you? Yes, or let's do us. it. We will meet you somewhere. Let's have a let's have a coming back out party. <laughs> coming back out party for drinks. The end of prohibition yeah, right. for you, right? Yeah, it is. Let's do it's it. been it's been a minute. So. Self imposed prohibition. Well, that's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's honest. good. It's good it's to good. have a break, mm -hmm. a pause, and then to reset, and then yeah, it's like a reverse New Year's deal. Yeah, which right. I'm always the challenger, so I'm always against the. Doing things the the normal way, but um, good for you now. So in this town, we are incredibly blessed with so many like Christners, and I mean, so many places to mm -hmm. grab a drink. Obviously, to grab a meal. Um, where would be for each of you probably like two to three places that you love to oh. grab a drink? So, well, I, I love Maxine's. Mm -hmm. Because Kurt makes great drinks, so we're we know this. If we follow you at all, we know that Maxine's is like, <laughs> Maxine's on so shine. We love that place. If yeah. you don't know it out there, listening to this, it's a it's a great little family owned restaurant in the middle of the residential area of downtown Orlando, mm -hmm. and it's houses all around it. Yeah, and Maxine I can walk and there Kurt, from here. Yeah, yeah, they've done a great job with it. Yeah. And, um, they managed to expand into their parking lot during the pandemic, so they didn't have to lose yeah. that many seats, which helped them stay in business. Right. Yeah. And they were on the forefront and, of that, like just keeping people safe and being very responsible and mm -hmm. awesome. Like I really felt comfortable there. And I'm going to plug them as well because now they're doing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday brunch. Mm -hmm. So if okay. you want to start yes, your brunch. weekend early. A Friday brunch. Do a Friday because yeah. Saturday and Sunday do can a little get real busy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I just knock off on imagine. a Friday and just say, you know what? Taking the day off, I'm going to start my Bloody Marys at 10 a.m. <laughs> or you could have just like a, a like a business meeting, right? Right. 10 a.m. on a Friday, right? Well, I know. <laughs> and they've won like a lot of awards yeah. recently mm. for like best brunch and best local restaurant. I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a true true testament to them and Chef George. And um, tell yeah. them about our new favorite Italian. Oh, God. Place. Okay, so Ad Adratico. 
Is that what Adriatico. it's called? Adriatico. It's over mm. in College Park. Okay. Again, like little mom and pop. It's off of Edgewater. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's on Edgewater. Just north Vassar. of Smith. It's like Vassar. Yes. yes. Vassar's the cross street. And it's literally like, it's right there. Right. And um, it reminds me of like a restaurant in New York City or, or New Jersey. Like, you know, like, like an Italian. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. The food is so good. It's small. It's just, it's so lovely. And they mm. have like funny little vignettes. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like in Jersey, like, you know, like the vines up in, you know. Yeah. With the, like the, the faux vines. And mm-hmm. Chianti little, bottles and things, you know. Yeah. The, like yeah. it's just cute. And wicker it just, base mm-hmm. and stuff. It reminds me of home. So. There's usually a guy in the back wearing a suit doing a deal of some kind. <laughs> rub someone out tomorrow. But right. yeah, funny. <laughs> it's just, it's such a lovely little place. Place and you know, you're supporting local mm-hmm. and it's small and you can't. You I know, pass it all the time, you would love it, it's but so I will good. say that I guess I like haven't been there. We, but, the first night we went yeah. in, it was like a middle of the week, a Tuesday night or something, and okay. the place was just about deserted. And we were sort of sad. I mean, we're happy that we got the place to ourselves, but sure, sort of sad. And then the next time we went back, it was almost full, so yeah. Like, yes, and we've come doing, back like three times they're doing <laughs> in like the past couple of weeks, yeah. nice. Yep, and their so food good. is excellent. The chef okay. really knows what he or mm-hmm. she is doing because mm. it's superb. Do they have it's good great. Italian cocktails? They don't. I think it's just beer and wine. Uh, just just beer and wine. I think behind the bar. We've always had wine when we've been there. So um, yeah, I don't know that they, they have a full bar. Okay. I don't remember. Cool. So I'm sorry if we are no, wrong, if I am wrong about that. Yeah, we worth checking. We've just had wine with dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, red wine is probably like the most Italian thing on yeah. the planet. Right. Right. So another great place in town that I really like, and I love the owner, is um, the Pinery over on I Lake I have Ivanhoe. been there. Mm-hmm. Carol, the owner, been is the loveliest. Like okay. she mm-hmm. makes you feel so welcome. She like remembered our names. Um, like every time I go in there, she's like, best coffee. And she like, makes sure <laughs> I got fresh coffee. She's just the loveliest. And the view is beautiful. And mm-hmm. the aesthetic is beautiful. So I really enjoy that place a lot too. Their patio. I sat out yeah. on their patio. It's really nice. It's really nice. Um, mm-hmm. So I love it there. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't throw out the 808 as a new oh, space. Oh, yeah. I have not been there yet. Oh, it's excellent. So 808 yes. is Hawaii's. It's, um, it's on... Where Dexter's where used to Dexter's be in Thornton Park. Be in Thornton Park. Yes. yes. That's right. They redid the entire interior. It's a Hawaiian theme because mm-hmm. 808 is Hawaii's area code. That really makes sense. Comes from. And it's surfboards. And the grand opening day, they had like a... Hawaiian dancers, men and women doing mm-hmm. all kinds of traditional Hawaiian stuff. Hula. And, um, you know, Pacific Islander kind of. Do you remember what you ordered? Tradition. I had. Uh, Do they have like poke and something stuff? Like poke. Yes. Okay. And I think I. And had they have something. spam because that's they a Hawaiian do. thing. Uh-huh. And the food is very fresh. It's great. And the owners, Todd, Todd Ulmer and Wendy um, yep. Connor, they're just amazing people. Okay. Um, just really good people. That's from the Abbey? Wendy's yes. the Abbey and Wendy's Todd the Abbey. is um, Stardust and. Aku Aku, I yeah, believe. Oh, you're so good. I was just going to say, what is the name of that? The Tiki Bar. Say something. Okay. But this is not Tiki. This is very Hawaiian surf culture. Yeah, like cool. Sort of almost California in the 50s. Okay. But Hawaiian. Very right. nice. Yeah. Very good. Not a lot of fertility gods floating around the place. More, <laughs> more like it feels like that island vibe. All right. Mm-hmm. So. I do like tiki drinks, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Aku Aku is fun for that. <clears throat> you get mm-hmm. a really neat rum drink or something in a... In a yeah traditional kind of container yeah like a coconut or a like the one of those like little statue things yeah yeah easter island head or something right yep right 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 totally um great spots around town Mm -hmm. and we are lucky because we have so many of them 
Yeah. Which is wonderful. Um, we do. Yes. Seriously. Um, so the fun part for me, even doing dinners is hearing people's stories, uh, around the table, of course. And then the, one of the purposes was just hearing your story around this table, but I would love to kind of get a little bit of background and there's like two of you. So we won't maybe get in depth as much as we would just with Mm -hmm. an individual person. But if you could each give me like a little fast forward, kind of like where you were dropped in the planet, (laughs) this planet, (laughs) the family of origin, we don't get to choice in the families that we are deposited in. And then kind of like, um, maybe your journey, like who you were in, um, you know, coming up in like middle school and high school. Yeah. You go, Jim. All right. I'm going to give you the real short version. And if you want more details, you can I dig will. in. I will. So, born in the UK in 1966. I was mm-hmm. born in southwestern England in a village of about 40 or 50 people. Tiny little Whoa. place. Yeah, real small. That's the, like the street. Yep. There was a pub, of course, which is also a restaurant. Right. And there was a general store slash post office slash everything else. Okay. And that was it. Oh, and a two-room schoolhouse. And I've been there, by the way. We okay. went there. It's called King's Nympton. You can look it up. King's N-Y- Nympton? Nympton. N-Y-M-P-T-O-N. And Nympton is an old English word for village or town or hamlet. Oh, hamlet okay. would be a good word hamlet. for it. Hamlet. All right. Um, so in 1972, my family packed up and we moved to British Columbia, Canada. Beautiful. 6,000 miles away and a whole world of difference yes. in cultural and, and everything. To so. Vancouver? Almost. Uh, or Victoria? Bit, no. No. In, in, inside. In almost the at the Alberta border, like in okay. the mountains, in the Rockies. That, the Rocky Mountains separate British Columbia from Alberta, and <clears throat> we were kind of very close to that border, so in the mountains. Got and it. Then, um, and then a few years later, we moved to Ontario, and a few years after that, we moved to Florida, where I grew up on the west coast of Florida in Newport Ritchie, which is about 30 miles north of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Went to high school, came to UCF, went to college, graduated with an ad PR degree, started an advertising agency, sold that, moved to England with Beth for a year, spent wow. some time as a grown-up living in England, which was very different than being a little kid in a small village. Sure. But it was great because I got to meet his family and see, mm-hmm. like, all the things that, you know, that he grew up with and what he sure. loved. So it was a really special yep. time. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was nice to be an adult in England as opposed to just being on vacation, but actually living mm. and working and, you know. And then we moved back here in 2005 and started our respective businesses shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And so Beth and I have both been doing our own thing since then. So right. 16, 17 years of. Yeah. Oh, and we got married in 2005 in December. So today right. is our 16 year anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you, Jim. And that's my story. <laughs> here I am. That is a very short story. <laughs> that was really good. I don't know if I can encapsulate everything as sure well you as can. you just did. I'm going to try. Okay. So I was born in New York in Staten Island. Um, then um, I had terrible food allergies, like all types of allergies hmm. when I was when I was little. So the thing that you do is then you move to Jersey if you're coming from New York. It's just a thing. The Garden State. You migrate the Garden State. We get a bad rap because of Newark because that's where you fly in and you think, oh, it's not so nice and I don't know what's happening. Right. But it's beautiful. And when we moved to Jersey, I think I was five. Um, so grew up there in Manalapan. Nobody knows where Manalapan is. It's Monmouth County, center of the state. One exit past John Bon Jovi's um, 
exit. Because mm. if you're from Jersey, you either are Bruce Springsteen or John Bon Jovi. So I got the John Bon Jovi uh, Side. end of things. Okay. Uh, because my sisters are 10 and 12 years older than me and listen to terrible music. So I have, like, I love hair bands because of them. So don't ask me to, like, pick your... Why would that be a terrible choice? Well, I mean, it's not the best music. I mean... Kind of is. I mean, it's great. I mean, Cinderella. Come oh, on. Jesus. Okay. It's also great for karaoke. Oh, my God. But now I listen to some of the lyrics, and I'm like, what was I listening to when I was, oh, like, sure. a teenager? Like, I shouldn't right, have been right. listening to that. Older sister's bad influence. Yeah. Terrible. So, anyway, so... <laughs> so, how'd so you get to Florida? moved down here when I was, like, 19 or so, um... And then uh, went to UCF, okay. got an ad PR degree, started working at an ad agency. So that's how we met because we were in Yes, I was going to ask how those two worlds collided. That's a loaded question, mm-hmm. Dana. That's why we're here. Do you want the full, okay, the that full take story? A oh, Jesus. Okay, so I... I don't know if Jim doesn't. We've got the Jim time. doesn't really believe all of this, but I believe in the universe, right? Like okay. thing, you put things out there, things happen. Jim okay. will roll his eyes. So when I was at UCF, I would have business cards. This is before email, cell phones, whatever. Sure. So yeah. I had business cards because I was looking for a job, right? I was I was a server at Cafe Tutu Tango here on I Drive. Yes. I've been there. Yeah. I was putting myself through UCF. So, um, I was a server. They've been there 30 years, which I just learned. Yeah. So this was, I I don't know, like the right before 2000. So 90, 27, 98. I don't remember. So anyway, so I was a, I was a server at Cafe Tutu Tango. I would carry business cards in my little book. And anytime I would connect with somebody, I'd be like, Oh my God, like, I just need a job. Like somebody give me a job. Cause I was looking for an internship and I needed money. In PR. In ad PR. Not PR. Okay. Two times in one night, people mentioned Night Images, which was Jim and my kin's company at the time. So what do I do? The next day I call and I'm like, hey, the universe, I literally think that I said this. The universe has sent me to you <laughs> and two people in the same night yeah. said that I should interview with you and I would love to, to intern. And they were like, okay, send your resume and, you know, and we'll do it. Maybe we did have email. We might have had dial up like AOL at the time because I remember like emailing something. Maybe. So oh, yeah, 2005. We had the email. Oh, no, this was this was like 1990. Oh, sorry. 99. Nine. Yes. We definitely had email. Mm-hmm. Email, but not. Maybe we were just getting cell phones. I don't remember. So we're just and, getting cell phones. I think so. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that we lived through I that a, whole thing? I had an email in 1995. Oh. Yeah, rock solid. Maybe I was at AOL to that. But then in, the cell phone was just at that time. I mean, crazy. for me anyway. But yeah. So I go in, I interview with Jim Hobart and no, thought nothing of it. I was dating somebody for like five years. So there, there was nothing to right. it. He was like the fun single boss. And then Mike Hinn was married, had a baby. Like, but also fun. Also fun. But I was, we, it was, um, the company, all the people that worked there were like my family. Okay. So we were super tight. So you got a job. Got a job. Okay. I was an intern. And then I decided I want to be a graphic designer. So I would come in every single morning at seven o'clock with Mike Forrestal, who was a creative director. And he taught me all of the software. So I oh. learned how to do, how to do publications. And I basically would just do whatever anybody needed. So then I worked my way out of the receptionist position and into, you know, the, doing publications and everything else. And the five-year relationship I was in was terrible. It was incredibly abusive mm-hmm. emotionally. And when I finally left, um, that relationship left that relationship. I was still at night images. Right. 
and everybody knew I was in a situation and they all were trying to help me. And when I left, um, my ex, um, I don't, I moved out. I, I started my, my new life by myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember Jim was like, Hey, like I'm driving by like, like to a soccer game. Can I stop by? Can I help you with anything in your new place? And I was like, yes, can you fix my TV? So he stopped by, fixed the TV. We started talking. And by the time he left, I was like, he's kind of amazing. He's really amazing. And then I was like, no, I remember calling my mom. How long had you known each other by this point? Since 99. And this was 2003. Yeah. So okay. we'd worked together for four. So you'd had an established, oh, right. like, established <clears throat> friendship, but right. never anything wackadoo because I was, you know, I was with somebody else. Yeah. Even though it was bad, I was always trying to make it work because like, that's how Like it all the women in the company, they were all either married or dating someone. And, and it was all very, you know, we had, I think we had 20 people in the company mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty big firm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the girls were all like a really tight knit group of yeah. supporting each other. So everybody knew Beth was in this bad relationship and we're all like pulling for her to mm-hmm. get, get this yeah. guy out. And then right. it was instrumental in getting me through that because they were like my family taking care of me and just making sure I was okay and checking up on me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I remember after you left Jim, like I called my mom and I told her about Jim and I remember Jim, you gave my parents a ride to the airport. And my mom back then had said something was between us. And I was like, I don't think I was like, shut your face. He's my boss. You know, like, I was like, stop <laughs> it, mom. And my mom's like, I totally called it. And then Jim announced that he was moving to England, that he was leaving the company, like doing, um, starting a branch of the company in England. Mm-hmm. So he was leaving. So I was like, well, I was like, maybe I'll just see where, you know, Make up excuses to meet with him and okay. see where it goes. And before he leaves, he's leaving, yeah, because I was like, "Well, he's leaving, so this could go horribly wrong, or this could be great." Right, right. Like one time, um, one time we live this life. Here you go. Yeah. So that's what I did. I think so I made was, up a couple of excuses. It was, when we hung out. <laughs> I don't think so. It was the summer of two thousand and three, and I had yes. announced that I was going to be leaving April of two thousand four. Mm-hmm. So this was about oh, okay so eight so or nine, le- yeah, nine okay. months be- between leaving the company and I wasn't anybody's boss anymore. I was just kind of like tying up loose ends mm-hmm. and making sure that I didn't leave anything unfinished, you know? Okay. So I, a six month. And you were starting a new branch or your own thing? I had, I didn't really know I was going to go and ex- try something, but I thought we could, we could see what it would be like to try to do a UK branch. Cause I thought I was going there to stay long term. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I bought a one way ticket. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, w- I wasn't coming back anytime okay. soon. And, um, so we, we, uh, by the time Christmas came around, I, we had been dating for a while and we were getting serious. And then in January, I, we got engaged. I asked her to marry me in Whistler, British Columbia, mm-hmm. full circle. Also beautiful. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. And it, so I should tell you, I sold everything that I had and I moved with him and I had never been out of the country. She was on another one way ticket. To All right. I was like, all you're right. Both on, well, you're engaged at this point. Right, we were engaged. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We got engaged, January 11th. We got engaged in January and left in April. So okay. 2004. Got, got a chance to kind of get okay with that. Mm-hmm. Whirlwind romance. But no, yeah. well, it seemed fast for six months of dating. Mm-hmm. But you had known each other for... But we'd for, known each other for almost five years at right. that point. So and Yeah, sure. we were engaged so, for two years before we got married. Right. So Yeah, it was December, two years later, when we finally had the wedding well, in December New Jersey 2005 so I guess it was like a year and some time mm-hmm. almost two years yeah yeah right. January to December but exactly yeah mm-hmm. so yeah we um we had thought about maybe 
when we were in England, Beth was trying to plan this wedding in New Jersey, but it was really complicated being that far away. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then we decided England wasn't going to work out for a bunch of really boring reasons. Were you um, working in England or as working a designer, as yeah, a designer? design work. Oh, okay. And that's how we were kind of like making it work. Mm -hmm. Got it. And then London or in? No, uh, Nantwich, which is like northwest of Closer Manchester? to Manchester Closer. and Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. So in the country. Okay. In the is, north. Which is really what England is, in my opinion, like the country. Mm. It's gorgeous. And it was the best year of my life. Other than, you know, and the 16 that I've been with you. Oh. But that was the happy. No, I get <laughs> it. That was amazing because I got to really be with Jim and meet, like, learn where he was from and his mm -hmm. family. So it was like a really important and wonderful time for me. Because there wasn't a lot forget. of distractions probably. Like, no. You didn't have a community of no. a lot of people. No, so just like really. cocooning together. And mm -hmm. figuring stuff out. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when, you're, when you're in a strange country, even though there isn't a language barrier, although when mm -hmm. the, when the uh, customer service people would call from Glasgow, Scotland and tell, start talking to Beth, she'd be like, can you send me an email? Because I can't understand a word you're saying, pal. And yeah. Then, Oh my but so but weird. even without the language barrier, there was huge cultural differences and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. complicated things about, you know, trying to get a phone and a bank account and mm -hmm. just the number of obstacles that get in your way mm -hmm. along the way. It was crazy. But yeah. it was or, also a fun learning experience. It was great. Or learning to drive on the other side of the road, Oof. a stick. Like, so I'm on the other side of the car, on the other side of the road, and I'm shifting with my left hand. Oof. Yeah. It was it was a thing. And then I would occasionally shift into the wrong gear. It's and, crazy. It, you know, driving yeah. a stick shift in the UK is that wild be because your left hand now has producing. to shift, but the pedals are in the same places. They don't yeah. reverse right. that. Everything is the same except you're on So your brain place. is like working on overdrive literally to yeah. be going the right direction. And going, yep. using roundabouts right. all day, oh, every the day. Roundabouts. I would just yep. keep circling if I couldn't get over. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, all right, eventually I'll get over. I'll just keep going <clears> in circles. <laughs> Most of Europe is roundabouts. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and now that some sometimes they're here and mm -hmm. just people are like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. They're more efficient at moving traffic. Uh-huh. If you've got the same number of people coming to an intersection versus a roundabout. And they're better for the environment because slowing down to a stop and idling and then accelerating from zero ah. puts much more carbon in the atmosphere mm -hmm. than just cruising through it and keeping on going. Right. It's true. Just, just to the left I had never thought about that. That's <laughs> quite interesting. Mm -hmm. yep. And they are a little bit more... Uh, uh, keep you on your edge Did of you? your seat. Well, you've got to all agree way, on the rules. Yeah, everyone has to know to, you know, in England anyway, you're, you're always... Um, Yield to whoever's coming from your left because mm -hmm. that's the side of the road you're on, you know. But yeah, um, as long as everyone agrees on how it works, it's sometimes smooth. when they're going so so fast, that's the only ones that yeah. are like, yeah, getting in there, it's like jump rope, right? Yeah. You're like, ah. it's exactly what it is. It's like, right, but yeah, but seamless when everyone knows what's right. going on. It's <clears> when the tourist comes in and stops instead of just cruising right on through, and then yeah. it. It gums up the works. Right. Fair enough. Okay. So you're in England with roundabouts and six shifts and <laughs> you have this glorious time of just nurturing your relationship mm. as you're getting preparing mm -hmm. to be married yep. and planning a wedding from across the pond yep. and realizing you're probably going to return to Orlando mm -hmm. yeah. area. Yep. Yeah. Um, when it, when it became apparent that the, UK wasn't really conducive to the kind of thing we did in America. Okay. Small business and stuff that the costs and the, and the, and the obstacles to starting a business mm -hmm. in the UK are so much greater. Mm. 
than here. We realized, you know what, this was fun. This was a great learning experience, but you know, and, and I had also gone there to help my cousin who was going through a bad divorce and yeah. starting her own little business at a deli. Which I got to work in and I helped her mm-hmm. run that while she was going through her hard time. So I was like the novelty American girl in the deli making English breakfasts and okay. sandwiches for like the school kids. Cause literally it was like, there's a grocery store, there's a deli, there's a, you know, it was another was tiny, church. tiny village. Tiny. So everybody knew that I was there. So they would just come and talk to me, which was super cute. The right. school boys would come yeah. in and be all bashful and <laughs> flirt with the American girl. You're an so. attraction. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And she was the only like, one with a weird accent. Yeah. Mm. It was, it was so fun. It was so fun. I bet. But the, we got Gabby through that tough time and helped her out with that. And mm-hmm. and actually, Beth's being in the in the deli gave Gabby the freedom to go and do some of the things like court and and, uh, and law, yeah. lawyer mm-hmm. stuff that she had to do to get that. that. So I think we helped her <clears> that time. Through. Yeah, because she has three kids and they were really little at the time, yeah. like three, five, and seven, maybe. Yeah. So she needed the help. So I think yeah. we did good there. And then by the time we a year had gone by, she had that under control. Mm-hmm. The ex husband was. Under you know everything was sorted, mm-hmm. and so we decided you know what let's go back to Florida and then figure out what we're going to do from there. Yeah, and neither one of us was really sure what we we're going to come back to because sure. we we didn't really have jobs. We we had both a way of making income with freelance design and things like that. But yeah, and that's when um, someone we'd been doing some design work for suggested to Beth. She said, you'd be, you'd be great in real estate. You should give this uh-huh. a try. Okay. So I did. All right. I struggled for a long time. This well, is circa 2004, 2005. 2005. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come back, get married. Yeah. I got my license in September, 2005. We got married in December 10th. Okay. 2005. And then you started your photography business. You started McBeth right. Studio. And that was because when we came back, I realized I had a little bit of time and a little bit of money from the sale of the business. And I probably was never going to have that sort of combination of Cush, time and money mm-hmm. and nowhere really to be at any given point. Mm-hmm. And I jumped on the chance to learn how to fly because my uncle, when we moved to BC back in 72, my uncle had been a pilot and had taken us flying through the Rocky Mountains and the Columbia River and I just, once you get that bug, it sort of always stays mm. with you. And I thought, this is my chance. We've got an airport half a mile from our house. And so I learned, got my pilot's license. And wow. so I did my check ride that fall. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Black Friday of 2005. Okay. While everybody else was at the Best Buy lining up for TVs. Right before I was, your wedding. Yep. That's really a, uh, you yeah. know, a, I guess adventure, but it. It was it was an adventure, and Beth supported me the whole way, which was wonderful. wonderful. And um, so that led to me wanting to take my photography that I'd been doing since I was a little kid. I'd been taking pictures, sort of, as a hobby Mm -hmm. ever since high school. And I um, I decided, you know what, this flying thing is an expensive hobby. Renting Mm -hmm. a plane. Um, and Keeping all up that your certifications, yep. probably. It gets real expensive real fast. So right. I thought, what if I could get someone else to pay me to fly? But I didn't want to be a airline pilot, and I didn't want to be a join the military, and I didn't want to work for the police department or the TV station. So there's only so many flying jobs you can get. Okay. And so I thought, well, what if I take my photography and I take pictures of stuff from the air? This is pre-drone, I think. So the yeah, only way sure. to get aerial photographs is to take a camera up in an airplane or helicopter and shoot from up there. Okay. Right. 
And so that was 2005. And Lake Nona was just like kind of getting underway with yep. a lot of construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Linda so. Morris Children's Hospital was just breaking ground. <clears throat> yeah, medical city. A friend who worked for Nemours called me and said, hey, would you do monthly photos of this job site? It's going to take two years to build right. this thing. Mm-hmm. So I started my aerial photography business because I wanted someone to help pay for the flying time. Really. <laughs> yeah. And one thing led to another. Um, aerial led to architectural. Architectural led to interiors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2008, in September of 2008, you may recall, the world collapsed. I do. Yes, and I was in real estate. Yes. So Beth's so in that. real estate. <laughs> and, and you're still in real estate. So yeah. I was just starting She's to get my foot Just getting her collapsed. feet underway. And then yeah. the, the global economy tanked mm-hmm. and real estate yeah. ground to a halt which meant her business collapsed and my aerial photography business also collapsed Mm -hmm. because um construction companies and Mm -hmm. commercial realtors were my bread and butter sure but i figured out how to help people by doing short sales before they would go into foreclosure you could save them from foreclosure Mm -hmm. which um you know which is better than obviously going through the foreclosure you could work out you know, um, helping these people uh, out of these situations. So I learned how to do short sales and was trying to help a lot of people out of that. And then I just kind of, you know, like there's always opportunity in every market. You just have to figure out like, okay, where's the need and who needs help and how can Mm -hmm. I, how can I be of value? Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And Jim was very supportive of that. And it was a struggle. It was a really hard time. I bet. You know? Yeah. We we also, I think we're... (laughs) They're really terrible now. I can send you a link to one of them. But we did some of the earliest real estate videos. Oh, God. Of yeah, the time. <laughs> them. It, we were on the forefront, coming. though, back then. We were cutting right. edge in 2006, 2007. We were making videos and putting them on YouTube. And, oh, on YouTube. Oh, they're so bad. Oh, I can imagine. Really, yeah, they're so bad. But nobody would, else was doing it. No, it was, and we would do it in one take. So it would take us forever. And it would just be Jim. And I'm like walking backwards. I'm trying to say everything. It was just like a lot of stuff before we had a one take. formula. We would not. I mean, it took many takes, but right. it was one continuous video. You had yeah. to nail uh, every part of it yep. oh, before, you, before so you got she'd it. She'd walk Easy. backwards through the house, <laughs> pointing at stuff. And she had to remember the entire house worth of information, not sure. just a a clip and I would look back and be like oh look how cute I was I was so thin and you know back then I was probably like oh I, you know like because it's funny how when in the moment you think you know you're so critical of yourself mm-hmm. and then I look back and I'm like oh I was so cute yep. back then you're still so cute so yeah she is but oh, it's yeah. just funny how like yeah you know what I mean absolutely and looking back, like my like, arms oh my back then I know. I know so while Beth was learning how to navigate the real estate world of the great recession uh, a friend of mine, Mark Collins, was had just expanded his video studio, and he didn't have all the work he that did he needed to keep it busy. And he said, "Well, why don't you come share the studio?" Mm-hmm. Um, I just built this thing out, and it was a great space, and it was a huge opportunity for me, and it allowed me to start doing people pictures, which I had avoided because. People are scary and needy and complicated and Mm -hmm. buildings are just sit there quietly waiting for you to get done. So Mm -hmm. I scrunched up my nerve and took a bunch of courses. And were you always looking for like the next thing that you wanted to do or like a new like iteration of something or? Yeah, that's basically the story of my life is always what's next kind of thing. I get bored very easily. And the crash sped up that process because suddenly nobody wanted aerials because there was no construction being done. Mm -hmm. And I had to do something and I didn't want to have to give up my photography 
So you had to pivot. People need pictures of themselves regardless Mm -hmm. um, because people keep changing. And so I developed something called First Friday Photos. Okay. And I did this as a, basically a self-assignment. I said, okay, look, I was charging next to nothing, like 20 bucks. And one Friday, the first Friday of every month, the studio is going to be open from 12 to 6 or whatever. Come and get a headshot. You know, and after a while, it started becoming themed. Is this like your, is like kind of like marketing Mm -hmm. to like try to like. It was, it became marketing and it became a very lucrative way of meeting people who then would go back to their office and say, hey, I got this photo done. And the boss would be like, okay, great. We have 80 employees and they all need headshots. And they Mm -hmm. would call me. And Mm -hmm. so it was a kind of a lost leader. Mm -hmm. But what it really was, was a was a way for me to get better at taking pictures of people Mm -hmm. by forcing myself. I didn't know who was going to come through the door next. Tall, short, big, small, old, young, black, white. Right. I didn't know what was coming through the door, and I had to be able to adapt adapt on the fly, create lighting that looked good on everybody, not just the perfect 22-year-old, but the 65-year-old who's, you know, maybe not so self-confident. And now I had to... It was really the psychology that was the hard part. Mm. The technical, the exposure, the, the lighting, that's not really difficult. It's mm-hmm. the five minutes putting someone at ease enough to get a good natural smile out of them. That's the <laughs> that's the real magic. And, sure. and for four years, four or five years, I did every first Friday of the month. Yeah. So when did you start? It's 48 different sessions. Um, would probably have been... Around that 2008, 2009 time mm-hmm. when I got the studio and I'm like, okay, I need to get good at pictures of people. Because right. I didn't feel confident billing, like charging people for headshots if I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I had to get good. And That's I, another quality is I'm a giant perfectionist and I won't say I can do something until I can really do something. That's mm-hmm. true. And I remember you donated a lot of the, the money actually from those nights to nonprofits mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. Allison um, and Greg from CT Social... Or, yeah, the um, CT Carolyn and Greg. Sorry, Carolyn and Greg um, came to us and said we want to raise money for the Coalition on Homelessness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's when my studio manager Hillary mm-hmm. created that amazing Orlando downtown map, mm-hmm. which started as a backdrop. Yes, and became a print, and we sold yeah. a bunch of them, and mm-hmm. all the proceeds um, from those events went to the causes and it started the philanthropic thing that became the legacy or the local love Orlando, which is a 501 C three now. And the original Orlando map is sitting in Thomas Chapman's office at the city of Orlando city hall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's up there. If you want to go see it with the story. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's been a accidental, you know, try stuff, keep trying things. Mm -hmm. A lot of things don't work, but some things do and they evolve into something else. Fail Um, fast. Yep. Yeah. Fail forward. Keep, keep going. Yep. yep. And try lots of things. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been the lesson with our business because, mm. you know, the le- the local love Orlando evolved into a philanthropic fundraising tool by doing f- um, these First Friday things. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a Pachakasha talk on it and it sort of condensed it into, you know, six minutes and 40 seconds, whatever that is. And right. it, it it was kind of fun to sort of see the the evolution of 
I mean, that was probably eight years worth of mm. experimenting mm -hmm. crushed down into a few minutes of conversation. But it really, it looks like it was a straight, direct line with intent. Mm -hmm. And it was absolutely Never. the scribble, yeah. you know. Never is. Mm -mm. No. But so much good came out of it because it was like, you've got, you know, Hillary's map and mm -hmm. the money that went back to, you know, um, to homelessness. homelessness. Yeah. And then when Pulse happened, um, they made the, the map black and white, and then put a heart where Pulse was mm -hmm. located. So that way all the proceeds could go back to, um, to Pulse. The One Pulse Foundation. The One whatever Pulse Foundation, called. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it just kind of kept morphing into really interesting ways to give back to the community. And it was really kind of a yeah. beautiful like morphing of things, right? Because yeah. you just want to figure out how to do some good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. and totally unintentional. If if Hillary hadn't made the map for um, homelessness, and then we hadn't made the five color separation to make prints out of it, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have been able to react so fast because Pulse happened on a, we sure. heard about it on a Sunday, Sunday morning. morning yeah. Yeah. And by Wednesday night, we had prints and t-shirts mm -hmm. already done oh, mama, wow. mama sauce and yeah, sure. real thread i think okay i did the, i was like how did, did you get t-shirts done that fast? they all donated them and we, okay. we made twenty thousand dollars in about four hours and all of that but had all that previous stuff not happened we couldn't have reacted so fast mm -hmm. and pulled the black plate you were positioned to do yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah sure so it was uh it was That's a lucky amazing. series of coincidences that mm -hmm. got us to kind of yeah. Be able to say, and then yes, how we can has, help. How things evolved now to where you are today. Well, Local Love Foundation kind of grew out of all of that. So yep. maybe you should tell her about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Hillary um, and I decided to go our separate ways and she moved out to Colorado with her mm -hmm. husband and mm -hmm. she's got a new business now called Little Known Goods. And she does continues to make stationery and do mural painting. Mm -hmm. And she's yeah. done a great job. And I took the, what was an LLC and we dissolved that mm. and I re kind of reconstituted it as a 501c3 with thanks to Allison Imber, who works for Alan Dyer, Doppelt and Gilchrist here in town. Okay. And Clayton as well, who helps with the nonprofit. Uh, yep. Clayton Ferreira um, mm -hmm. has helped us uh, create the 501c3. Right. And so we are now a fully text legal nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And what we've started doing is creating and selling artwork that can be um, uh, specifically channel the money to a particular cause. Mm -hmm. For example, this summer on the five-year anniversary of the Pulse uh, tragedy, we sold pictures of my friend Michalina underwater mm -hmm. wearing um, mm -hmm. rainbow tutu kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And all the proceeds went to Zebra Coalition and we raised Six thousand and got a matching grant from the United Way. Jeff Hayward, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so we sixteen thousand dollars in a couple of weeks over mm -hmm. the summer for Zebraco. So right. Heather yeah. Wilkie um, right. is our good friend, and we yep. appreciate the work she does. And we were able to help a little bit. So um, so now Local Love Orlando is a fully functioning organization. And once this pandemic sort of gets under control and everyone mm -hmm. gets vaccinated, please mm -hmm. get vaccinated. Um, we will start having events again. And mm -hmm. that's really the heart of that organization right. is creating events that bring artists and, and small nonprofits together in one place mm -hmm. for a night of fun and, and, um, you know, 
awareness because awareness, that's the big word. Yeah. Because I think, um, you know, a lot of times, especially young people who can't afford to go to these galas, right. Mm -hmm. They want to give back, but they're like, how do I give back when, you know, I I can't afford $200 for a ticket to a gala. Mm -hmm. Well, this for local love Orlando, um, you know, we figure out what, um, you know, we've got this piece of art by local artists we connect with whatever their passion is for a mm-hmm. local nonprofit that's small. And then we invite everybody to come in with a suggested donation of $20. You know, we have pizza and whatever. You can get a picture in front of the artwork. You can buy the artwork mm-hmm. where certain number is numbered by like the a artist. Print, yeah. um, and so it's a way yeah. for somebody to just go and feel like they're giving back and they are a stakeholder in their community mm-hmm. and... Yeah. You know, and if we yeah. can raise five or $10,000 in a night mm-hmm. and everybody there feels like they had some yeah. hand in that, we're, we like to say we're, contr- we're, we're, um, creating tomorrow's philanthrop- philanthropists. Okay. Right? Cause then they get, they feel like, okay, this, I'm taking care of my community. I'm part mm-hmm. of my community and people that are, you know, think along those lines, sure. your communities are stronger and better when you take care mm-hmm. of right. here, you yeah. know, and you just want to get more involved. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, so we just well can't said. wait to be able to have these these events again because that's really how we were able Same to raise here. so much money. Yeah. 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 This episode of Cocktails and Conversation is brought to you by the Dinner Party Project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, We love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties. So if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area, haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. So what are you excited about right now with Macbeth Studios and kind of what you have on your, that you're looking forward to? Well, thank you for that, teeing that one up for me. (laughs) The thing I'm really most excited about, yes, we do a lot of headshots and we're going to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. And we do a lot of corporate kind of video work, um, we're going to continue to do that. But the thing that is really feeding our souls at the moment is this um, Legacy Life Project. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's... I think a little bit. It's kind of a division of our company. Yeah, telling stories. Yep. Right. Um, Capturing the stories of not always, but generally elderly adults. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about... um, Generally, biographies. Yeah. Yeah. video, Video biographies where we go into the home of the the person and record a few hours of them telling their life story, Mm kind of like what we're doing here today Mm -hmm. um, on video. And for the purpose of speaking to future generations, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, none of us is going to be here forever. Right. And so that is for sure. um, If, if we can capture the life story of a 80, 80 or 90 year old, telling about their childhood and about their mm-hmm. great grandparents that they remember from their childhood. Mm-hmm. We're talking, and they're also their grandkids. You're talking about six or seven generations mm-hmm. in a single person's life memory. And it, 
it ties where you are in the world together. So I can't tell you how many people have said to me, oh, I wish I had this for my grandma mm -hmm. or from my dad. And we'll talk about where mm -hmm. it stems from. Yeah, well, the thank you. Um, three summers ago, um, my uh, I lost my father to a very fast moving brain cancer mm -hmm. and it was came out of nowhere and it was very sudden. And I realized that, you know, I have this software and the hardware and the know-how and I never captured his story. Mm. And he used to tell me these amazing stories about growing up in London during mm -hmm. World War Two and bombs falling out of the sky all the time and rationing and all this fun stuff. And I never got those stories. So, and my memory is pretty garbage. So I'm no, I'm not remembering it clearly. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why, why not try to help other people not have these same regrets? Mm -hmm. And so that was, that's how it was born. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. Okay. And so mm -hmm. June 7th, 2017 is when you started legacy. Cause that's when he passed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that would have been his birthday. Yeah. And so we, Sorry, we decided to um, launch this business and, try to help as many people as we can capture their story. And mm -hmm. the, the reason I think I procrastinated and the reason a lot of people don't do it is because it's, it's not technical. Mm -hmm. Anybody can grab a camera, point it at someone and start recording. There's a psychology of speaking to your own parent that is difficult. Mm -hmm. And for a parent speaking to their own child, mm -hmm. because we use shorthand and we skip details and we, we say, oh, you remember that time we did that thing? Or you push buttons. Or you push buttons. Yeah. Or you're afraid to approach certain issues because you're afraid of how it might happen. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, I guess what I'm saying is as a as an interested stranger with a lot of – I have a questionnaire. Informed, yeah. With, yeah, I'm informed. I can go in and I can ask these questions. And they, don't, they know I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. So they tell a much more complete story. Mm -hmm. And w almost without fail – the person who hired us, usually the son or daughter of the person we interview, will say, I learned things I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. Like, Mom, why didn't you ever tell me that? And she mm -hmm. goes, oh, I thought you knew that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, exactly. That's yeah. why someone who is disconnected from the family has a much better chance of getting the full story out of yeah. them. And mm -hmm. that's the magic of this thing. It's not that I can do anything that anyone else can't do. Sure. Well, you're also a really good interviewer and a good listener. And I think it takes, uh, you know, you have to have that gift in order to really Thanks. make yeah. this work. And mm -hmm. that's the truth. I mean, you I know, think, when I think I am. Them, they feel like they're the only one in the room and you mm -hmm. make people feel that way. Oh, thank you. So. I wish I had that for my dad. You know, like having, I mean, you know, we I, have a lot of memories for him for sure, but I mean, just to have like a concentrated yeah. time of him talking yeah. would have been really beautiful. Well, this is what yeah. I tell people is, and, and I can't tell you how many people have said that exact thing to me. Yeah. I wish mm -hmm. I had this of my dad. Right. And I, um, I, I tell people, you know, it's, you don't know what you're going to miss until it's gone. Yeah, sure. And so you almost have to take a leap of faith here and mm -hmm. say, look, let's just capture this because I'm sure it'll be valuable. And yeah, because it's the little things, right? It's like the way like, I don't know, the way they move and what they say or how they make their tea or how they make their coffee. It's like mm -hmm. all of the little things that you miss. Mm -hmm. Good try not to try. And yeah. a photo album and some letters mm. is great, but it doesn't convey the... The essence, accent, yes. and the idiosyncrasies, and the mannerisms, yeah. and the little yeah. phrases that yeah. those would those are fun to capture. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. 
Thank you so, for sharing all well, of that. Thank you. And it's, yeah. it's, um, it's your passion. If anybody wants to learn, it's easy. It's just LegacyLifeProject.com. And, okay. and we'd love to help other people capture their stories. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm happy to sit with anyone and say, here are the questions you should ask. Go do it. It's really about getting it done. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a project rather than a, business up proposal if you see what i mean sure like, yeah yeah let's get everybody's story captured is what i want to do. i'm like yeah. story core on NPR. <laughs> yeah. i want to get everybody's story I absolutely that. so beth you've had also a pretty amazing rise in the past 10 years mm-hmm. have been better than obviously 2008 in that yeah. uh, era um what has i mean you are Real estate queen in Orlando. Well, so how has that progressed and where are you, what oh are you gosh. excited about now? Well, I mean, you know, I think people see what I'm doing now, but they don't see all the work that went into all of it. Right. So I do know. Um, yeah. It's been a lot of work and I work all the time. I'm a little bit of a workaholic because I really like what I do. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. um, so no, I mean, it's a, it's a tough market right now. Like prices are crazy. We have a lot of people coming here. Um, you have a lot of people that are being priced out of the market and I'm trying to figure out how do we help the people that are being priced out because now rents are going up. Mm-hmm. So now you have, you know, so people are kind of stuck because mm-hmm. they're just like, okay, I can't rent cause my rent's going to be enormously expensive. Can't buy cause that's really expensive. So you know, I'm working on ways to help people in those situations. I'm trying to figure out, I get a lot of people that ask me to coach them. So I'm working out that piece. So there's a lot of things that I'm excited about. I'm trying to get more clarity and give mm-hmm. myself a little space to, to kind of look into those things and mm-hmm. kind of figure it out. But, you know, I want to help my industry because, you know, realtors get a bad rap. I mean, people, you know, a lot of people have had bad experiences. So they mm-hmm. think that all we care about is, is- money. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that that's not true. I mean, the realtors that, that have, that I I work alongside at my firm at mainframe real estate, the people that have been in the industry for a long time that I've been working with Mm -hmm. all solid people that really care for their clients, look after their clients. And if there's a way that I can coach people or teach people to just do the right thing and take care of people and you know, have that, like add that value and be of service to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to be able to help my industry so people just don't look at realtors and think they're crap, you know, because we're not. I mean, I handhold everybody that goes through the process with me Mm -hmm. and I'm in it. And if something is a piece of garbage, I'm going to tell you it's a piece of crap and not to buy it and to find you that I'll find you something else. And that's what, you know, even with my team, I have a licensed realtor on my team, Tanya. She just got her first deal under contracts. I'm so happy for her. And I always tell her, I'm like, Tanya, it's never about the money. It's never about the closing. If you see something and it's garbage, you, you don't have to say you something. have to say something. Yeah. And in the end, it's, you know, it's your, because it'll come back on you. Oh gosh. Well, you know, plus, you know, it's not your decision, right? You're guiding the transaction. Mm-hmm. So it's always up to your client. But at the right. end of the day, it say everything you need to say. If something, you know, if you see the train coming, like it's never about the money. It's never about the closing. Yeah. You always be honest. Even if you have to pull out the last right. minute. And that's mm-hmm. all I've ever done is I just, I'm, you know, I just tell people, I tell people the truth. You make your decision. And from there, that's kind of all I can do. Right. Sure. I can warn people. But, um, but I always tell Tanya, I'm like, do the right thing and you never have to risk your license, you know, like and if I just can, take care of people. If I can just add to that, mm-hmm. Beth spends more time trying to talk people out of buying houses. Oh my God. Sometimes than, crazy stuff comes up and you're just like, that is probably not good. 
But like with inspections and such. Yeah. It could so be people don't understand. Especially like, um, you know, in this market, right? Mm-hmm. We're coming from scarcity, right? People are scared because they're just like, oh, I've got this house under contract and I'm not going to find anything else. I'm just like, so it is, it's hard. And I know a lot about inspections when they go bad and, and insurance because I have a 102 year old house and insurance can be a bear right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, all I can do is like, here's all the facts. I can get you as much information as possible, but it's not, you know, I will say all of my clients are well-educated because I give them all that, everything that is in my brain, I give to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, here's all the stuff, you know? And then in the end, it's their decision. Sure. So, you know, um, I'd rather do the right thing than have a closing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to, cause I want to do this forever. So I'm not going to risk losing that or, you know. Um, and in, in 16 years of doing this now, yeah. Beth has had people that she worked with in those early years come back again and again. Oh yeah. She said sometimes three transactions with wow. the same people. Even more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. They, they, they sell the house that she helped them buy and sure. they buy another one <laughs> and then they do it again five years later when they add to their family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that means a lot to me. Keep coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah. So I if feel you're like that's doing your job. Well, that's yeah. your best marketing. Yeah. If you have integrity and you do good work and mm-hmm. that's really, you know, the basis of everything. And, um, you know, Lillian and I, so Lillian I, was with me for five years and she did, she was my operations manager for a long time. Still one of my closest friends. And we came up with, we would always say do business better. It was like our hashtag and our, um, our way. Cause we were like, how do we, how do we get people to do business better and just do things mm-hmm. the right way? And that's, so that's my goal. I think I'm trying to figure out what my next steps are to just try to save my industry and, you know, do sure. the right thing and just help people. So realtors get a better name because this past, you know, almost two years has been a ride for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's also been a crazy ride for realtors because yeah. the market got real hot. And then now it's also in a very interesting place as well. Can mm-hmm. you speak to that? Oh, it keeps continuing to morph. I mean, this time of the year is always crazy because, it, mm-hmm. you know, it slows down a little bit, but prices are continuing to hold. We still have hardly any listings. Right. So it's still multiple offers on properties that are listed. So the great properties that are priced right go really quick. The houses that are sitting either need work or overpriced, mm-hmm. um, but pri- but you're still seeing multiple offers, well over lists, a lot of cash in this market, mm-hmm. a lot of out of state. That's hard to go up market. against. Very hard, very hard. Sure. Um, so you know, it's all about like just having strategies, and then my relationships with other realtors. I'm very fortunate um, that I know a lot of realtors. So if my buyer p- wants to put in an offer, and I know the realtor, well, they know that I'm good to work with. Mm-hmm. That I'll you know help bring the transaction to closing. So, so a lot of times that will get my offers in the door and get them accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, same thing with the lenders that I work with because they've been around for a long time too. So it's helpful to have representation with a Mm. name that like has been around for a while for that, for that one reason. When your reputation precedes you, it's always in a good way. (laughs) That's always the your best yeah. asset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every realtor in town has heard of Beth. Mm-hmm. I know. And so they all know if she's coming with an offer, mm-hmm. it's going to get done. Serious business. Yes. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes like anybody else. Mm-hmm. I always try to, you know, if I do something wrong, I'd fix it. Try to, you know, it's not, how, it's not the mistake you make. It's how you fix it and how you make it right. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of I'm like, okay, made a mistake. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Let me fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all you can do, but just try to do my best. So, yeah, you definitely have done your best because you've definitely 
have been recognized a lot, you know, in the past couple of years for all the things you're doing. So, um, just want to say thank you to you guys for the, both of the ways that you contribute to Orlando. And, you know, I feel like Orlando is some of the most creative, generous, kind, interesting folks. I mean, we really have a wealth in that department and I love to travel and traveling is my every, every, like, yeah, but, um, it's just, um, always the place that I want to come back to is uh, Orlando has the, the community, I think in, you know, we're, we're a small city. We're growing where I think we're in our adolescence and there's a lot of beautiful things that, you know, our mayor has really worked towards getting this to where we're at now and um, bringing businesses here and our food and beverage scene has, you know, just exponentially grown, which is such a testament to the creativeness of the people here. And yeah, yeah. Um, so grateful. Yeah. Can you for tell that. us about <clears throat> really lucky how to yeah. have the people? And just, this is a very special mm-hmm. city. Yeah. Sorry, I meant to interrupt you. Sure. Yeah. Can you tell us about how the dinner party project has weathered the last two years and where it's going from here? Sure. I'll do a short derailment because I want to get you guys out of here in a good time. Um, yeah, it's been a really tough season for us, for sure. On um, the past, you know, um, since March, uh, all business shut down for definitely several months until the middle of July. And then we started back up with private parties. And so that has been the only thing that has kept us above water. In that way, when I say us, I mean me and I have one other person. So, you know, a small team in that way. And so um, I did get a little bit of PPP. So that was helpful. uh, But that was only, you know, a short amount of Mm -hmm. coverage there. And then um, I am also blessed to be in a home, um, you know, and that was in so thinking of this globally like i'm in a house i have a backyard and i have mm-hmm. a pool and yeah. a park at the end of the street and what a i felt like the luckiest woman even mm-hmm. though my businesses you know airbnb and dinner parties were both completely shut down um and so i you know had a lot of some months that were really tough and so i tried the best that i could i went through a really tough Uh, month of June of 2020. And then I kind of came out and said, I can either try to make the best of this and I'm going to try to have the best attitude because the alternative is not serving, will not serve me. Right. You know, in that way. And so letting myself feel the things that I was feeling and, you know, everyone's had a different experience and and it was really hard, you know, for all of us emotionally and um, financially. So, letting myself be in that space and then kind of like also saying like, I, I also can do what I can and in, in that way. And so, yeah, we just kind of started the best that we could with private parties, um, which are so much fun. Like we're still doing them and that's still the only thing that is keeping us above water. Um, and so now in this holiday season, thankfully, like last year, people didn't do, we had two parties. So if nobody, obviously last year. And then this year, thankfully people are starting to gather again. And, um, we started our dinner for eight concept, um, this year, earlier this year. And so people were, I think really grateful for that. And that's been so much fun. Your parties are the best. It's just, always enjoy them so much. Thank you. It's just so much fun to like meet new folks. Right. And you like make lasting connections Mm -hmm. around a dinner table for eight. Mm -hmm. And then you make lasting connections when you have your own friends and family over and you're gathering around the table and you don't have to lift a finger like we're doing all the 
heavy lifting in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am still recovering in that way, like financially and, and I'm grateful for any business that comes in and mm. planning for the new year. Um, we're planning to do our large scale dinners again next year, starting in March with women lead Orlando. Nice. Um, and then trying new concepts and just different things that I want to do that I've wanted to do. Um, and hopefully we'll just get back on track and keep on going because I think it's really important to, to be connected in the city. And especially yeah. if you move here, I oh, think, yeah. I think, you know, like we can rem or tell your clients, like if they're moving here, you know, like that's what I'm trying to tell realtors, like this yeah. is a great way, a great housewarming gift or a great way mm -hmm. to like say, meet some new people in your community in like a meaningful way and come yeah. to come to the dinner party project for dinner for eight is a, is a really good fun introduction to the yeah. city. Yeah. Well, we'd also like to talk to you about college park gallery, which is our the right. other half of our studio has right. an art gallery, which sits empty a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And we'd like to talk about how we can have some slightly larger dinners there. Mm -hmm. 12, 20 people. Something right. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Rent out the space for yep. workshops We're just got to get whatever. some kind of kitchen in there. Yeah. Working on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So when that happens, that you're, makes a world right. of a difference you're right. in yeah. that way. But And, um, and you have... Um, an event tomorrow that's closing, closing out your work oh, yeah. in progress, uh, art series. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, downtown college park has been wonderful to us. The, the, the residents and the businesses in that community mm -hmm. have just been so warm and welcoming. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow is one of those four times a year when they close Edgewater and they have a street party and it's right. called holiday on the drive mm -hmm. and they'll have Santa and a fire truck and, you know, some other cool stuff. Right. So we're going to combine that event with our closing for the current show that's up right now, which mm -hmm. is, um, work in progress, which we're, which kind of celebrates the fact that we have a window missing thanks to an accident that <laughs> happened over the yeah, summertime. Sure. And then we'll, we'll take that show down and in January we'll bring up, we'll put up another show. So mm -hmm. Saturday from 12 to three, I don't know when this is going to air, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you are yes. welcome to come join us. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. Thank you. And have a cocktail. So once again, thanks to you guys. And then um, we're going to move into the next topic, which is the Enneagram, which is something that is very dear to my heart and something that I'm very passionate about. And um, the Enneagram for folks that maybe aren't familiar with it is kind of like a personality um, roadmap. I've heard it described. And so for me, it has been really helpful. It's got nine different personality types and obviously no, pe no two people are the same and it's not created to put people in a box in a sense of like, Oh, you're only this number. You're only this attribute because once you get into this Enneagram world, there's um, continuous ways to deep dive in, in the ways that we are also very complex and dynamic. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, our personalities are a mix of all the things. We're not just an extrovert or just an, like we are, on the scale, you know, and, and these are, you know, some of the ways that when we're healthy, some attributes show up and maybe when we're unhealthy or in stress, you know, some of the attributes of our personality show up. Um, so the Enneagram for me had really dialed in to a lot of ways that I feel like that I was created that sometimes I didn't even understand or know, like, not everyone like operates in the way that I do or like views the world in the way that I do or that you do. So you right. coming from, a seven, you know, it's different. Somebody that's a four or right. somebody that's a one or, you know, in that, in that sense. And so, um, thank you for 
participating with me and taking the test, um, which I think the test may not always land exactly. Cause when I took the test, I tested as a seven and I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I, I can kind of see some of that stuff. Like some of that resonates with me, but I was like, I didn't think it was a real exact. And then a friend of mine who's a therapist, he said, Oh no, you're definitely an eight. And so I read the eight and I was like, Oh my gosh, do these people know me? Or was like I in the room when they wrote all of this like stuff about, mm-hmm. cause I read the eight and I was like, Oh, I don't want to be an eight. <laughs> Um, however, I am an eight, which is the challenger. And so, um, sometimes it gives us a perspective of our blind spots, which sometimes we don't as much want to look at. And so when we see that sometimes on the description, we're like, Ooh, I don't want to be that one. But sometimes that's an indicator that that is your number Mm -hmm. because we need to take a look at our strengths Mm -hmm. and then at our blind spots and ways that we, could grow into better health in that way. So as you guys took the test, Beth, you were a... I'm a three. Three. But followed closely by eight and two, which mm-hmm. is the challenger and helper. So all my numbers, like for mm-hmm. my answers, like were very close. They were all like in the 20s. Right. And there were... So I don't know if that means something. Because all mine says is like everything with the achiever, which the healthy one, when I read like the healthy and the unhealthy, I was uh-huh. like, oh, unhealthy is kind of scary, but I could see a lot in the achiever. I wish that mm-hmm. they had like the challenger and the helper so I could read, but I guess I could just Google that. And just kind of yeah. That out, so the but. challenger is the eight. And so yeah. they, so the interesting with the Enneagram that I have found helpful is all the numbers. It's really about your motivation. It's mm-hmm. really about the bottom line. And so sometimes an eight, eights can show up in very different ways. Like I'm an eight and Cole Neesmith is an eight. Mm -hmm. And so we're both eights, but I think that we operate in pretty different ways in the ways that just we show up in the world and for better, for for better, for worse, like, but it really is the underlying motivation of like why you're doing what you're doing. And so threes Mm -hmm. and eights are very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, because they can see a vision and they want, they know how to get there and they can help people bring people along to do what they want accomplished. But the motivations are a little bit different. The threes are the achievers. They want to achieve no matter what it is. So they're brilliant leaders often because they can see what's in front of them and then they can know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then the eight is a little bit different because they just want to do something that is against the world or very different or something that no one has ever done before. And so, um, their motivation is, is being different (laughs) is shaking up maybe like a disruptor, like an Airbnb versus like the hotel industry. Mm -hmm. So they just want to come in and, um, maybe it's not all about just getting things done or like hitting that goal, but it's about living their life in a way that is like, very autonomous, like nobody can tell me what to do. They don't want to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so they hold those things very tightly. Um, and you're an enthusiast. Yes. You're a seven, which is also very close to an eight. So I'm going to finish with yours, Beth, and oh. then I will hop into gems, Sorry. but no, no. <laughs> um, 
What is interesting is that there is something called a wing within the Enneagram. So you have your base number, which is a three, Mm -hmm. and then you have your wing, which is like the number on either side of you. So a two or a four, which would be your wing. Mm -hmm. And so the two is very strong in you, which is the helper and in your desire to want to bring people along. And the helper is so necessary because they also are the ones that help to get things done Mm -hmm. and they're supporting the people that have the vision and they're right. But, um, the helper is, is seeing what needs to be done and then being able to do it for other people and and helping people to achieve what they could potentially realize Mm -hmm. within themselves in that way. So those things I feel, as far as I know, you have really aligned in what you're about and Mm -hmm. who you are and what you want to be and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing that makes her such a good realtor and so successful in this business is the combination of this, street fighter mentality, but also this, nur- this <laughs> from nur- New Jersey, you're a nurturer, right? Mm-hmm. So she's got that street smart, you know, bring it on. I'll take you on. But uh-huh. she's also got this, her mom was a nurse. So she's got this like caring for people. Mm-hmm. So she will be like the mama grizzly with her yeah. cubs. You know, I'll take care of these. Anybody comes near me, I'll right. slash them to pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. So, True. so she's got that, not, not afraid to stand up to a fight, but also right. that need to make sure everyone's okay. And yeah. those two skills together make mm-hmm. perfect realtor material. So that's why you're <laughs> so good at it. Right. Sure. <laughs> so nice. Sure. And then, Jim, yours came as a seven, mm-hmm. which I think is also pretty right on in that way. So sevens are the enthusiasts, always very excited about the thing. Um, sometimes they can be a little bit all over the place and like they some like details sometimes oh, yeah. are not their forte, nope. but they see um, like they want to be at every party. They want to shake every hand and meet every person yeah. <laughs> and they're the life of the party, right? Yeah, like that's 100%. we need. We need that energy. We need the connections. We need um it's all, it is interesting too, because sevens, like you said, I'm always thinking of what is next. So sevens, um, as far as time relations, they are always in the future. Mm. So there's the past, the present and the future, obviously. Mm. Um, and so they're always sometimes, sometimes it's hard for them to even be present at the party they're at because they're, they're always thinking for what, what's next week? What's my next vacation? Yep. What's the next thing? What's the, da, 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 da. I'm not happy unless I'm like thinking about what is coming and I want to dream because they're, they are big dreamers. And then it's, it is the follow through that helps to make them successful. Cause sometimes it's like trying to tie their feet down mm-hmm. to the yep. place that they're in and what they're doing right now. And then, but they have the creativeness to like, think about what's, what could happen, the poss- all the possibilities in that way. Yeah. Um, Although I think you're very present. I'm present, but I'm not good at details. Like mm-hmm. I can see the big mm-hmm. picture, but I need someone around me to make sure that right. the boxes get checked and nothing slips through the cracks because I'm already on to the next thing. You know? Right. Yeah. And so I really know that I need someone like Paige, my studio manager, account mm-hmm. supervisor, who makes sure they're really good with the promises I make actually right. get executed. <laughs> yes. Just to remind me, hey, you said you were going to do that thing. Have mm-hmm. you done it yet? No. Okay. Yeah. You need to do it. I'm like, yeah, but I'm on next week already. You know. Yeah. And that's where twos come in really well because twos are excellent. Um, they, the helper, they are helping to support the, the vision, right? Like I can't do what I do all by myself. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people that have, I could never do my own book, my own books. Like we need those people that are going to help execute, 
and maybe they're not the visionaries, but without them, nothing is getting done. Right. Right. right? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Hundred percent. Exactly. Yep. We need we need all of the nine you know kind of yeah. um, types to be able to have a successful community in that way. Yeah. Kay yeah. Rollins and I were talking the other day about how similar we are, and, mm-hmm. and she's the visionary, and she's got Kaya who works right next to her mm-hmm. and who makes sure that everything gets done. And so yep. we can really connect like that because right. like, I've got these huge ideas, but I don't have time to execute. So I'm already yep. thinking about the next yep. big idea. So mm-hmm. you need both. We need both. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, it's just a helpful thing. If you ever want to dig into it more, I have mm-hmm. lots of resources and it's just interesting to know other people too, because I think the more that we're aware of ourselves, and yeah. for me being an eight, and having a strong personality sometimes. Um, I think understanding how I show up with people. And so I think that I'm maybe being generous or fine or okay. Or like eights are very direct. They're very, yeah. they, they'll tell you the thing. Sometimes they have a hard time connecting with emotions. And so understanding that somebody else might be receiving this in a different way. Right. Or they might be, you know, like... I need to also know, okay, they are maybe not um, receiving this, uh, or I need to be sensitive of how they might receive it yeah. in in honoring who they are and how they might, you know, view the world in that way. And so it's like giving ourselves grace because we're not perfect and then being able to give other people grace. You know, like I have friends that are rarely ever on time mm-hmm. and that's, you know, part of their makeup and I have to understand that. And sometimes like, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's like, we're all different in that way. And, um, it's, it's a a good, healthy, I think thing to dig into how we're created in that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so as we wrap up, we're actually going to finish on my favorite topic, which is rest. And so I know I'd get a like, probably laugh out of you. I thought it was, thought it was cocktails. <laughs> right. Cocktails are part of it. I, um, but rest, I think, is so powerful, especially in creativity, because without rest, you know, we're not getting a break. You yep. know, like physical rest. Rest can be play, discovery, um, time with humans, time by ourselves. Yep. Again, physical rest. Um but like a Sabbath means to stop, right? To stop working. And so as you're running your own things, sometimes that is a very hard thing to switch off in that way. Yeah. Um, and listen to our bodies when they are feeling it. Um, so I always ask this question and some people are like, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and it's something that I always want to preach is, is resting um, and, and not, so if I'm preaching, I'm preaching, it's not just being on, on Instagram or it's not just like checking out, but it's like actively like taking care of yourself. Like what does your body need? Does mm-hmm. it need a massage? Does it need to say no to something? Does it need to, to have a time with a girlfriend that is like really important? You know, like what is, what is the thing that I'm needing this week to yeah. feel rested, rejuvenated. What are some of the things in your life that kind of help you to step back from the world to rest, renew, rejuvenate so that you can offer your best self? Most whole <laughs> self. <laughs> um, I am trying to be better about all this because I noticed my anxiety level is off the charts when I am back to back to back to back in meetings or my days are completely 
like full. So now I look at my calendar mm. and I give myself a little more space. Like pockets. Yes. Yeah. And that's been really helpful. Even that alone has been helpful because like I said, once I recognize, oh, that's where the anxiety comes from. I don't want to be that person. And, uh, and also realizing that I don't want to be that person that gets to an appointment and it's like, I have a half hour. Let's like, or drinks with, like, let's say we were going out for drinks. Like I was notorious for coming, for rolling in and being like, I've got 30 minutes. I got to leave soon. And like letting everybody know that. And that was like my, that's how people are experiencing me. Right. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. That's that gets there and announces like, Oh, I only have this much time and I don't want to always be rushed. And like, you know, like we talk about like Kay and Michelle and they are perfect examples of, you know, like planning ahead and resting. And like, so they are, we see them all the time. So we always bring them up because they're like our, our besties. And I've learned a lot. Like I want to show up being my best self and Mm. not being rushed. And Mm. I want people to feel like I'm listening to them and that I'm present. And I want people, you know, I want your experience of me to be positive. Like it's that my Angelou quote, like people remember the way that you make them feel Mm -hmm. right. And that's like my biggest thing I think is recognizing that and just trying to be better Mm -hmm. for people. And for myself, I want to be able to enjoy my time with people and be present. And I think it's really hard for me to be present because I'm thinking about all the things. Yeah. So I've been working on that and I'm giving myself some time like this month, month, for example, you know, some more downtime. And I am saying no to a lot more right now. So I can kind of be still and Mm -hmm. figure out what I want to do next. So doing it. Good. I like it. it. I'm not a good rester or sleeper for that matter. Um, Mm. I have often said that if I could take a pill and it would replace Mm-hmm. three square meals and eight hours of sleep and I didn't have to worry about <laughs> either true. of them ever again, I would be just fine. It's those seem like Take such a huge waste of time and <laughs> time and energy for me, but okay. know that I have to do it. But I will say this, um, coming back to the, the flying, um, I'm so glad I learned and got my pilot's license because flying is one of those things that requires all of your attention. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't call it, it sounds weird to talk about it while we're talking about rest, but what it does is it allows complete focus. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy who wrote The Little Prince, um, that book, the French book, Le Petit Prince, uh, his name is Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, I think his name is. And he was a pilot in World War II, maybe? Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was a pilot, and um, there's a quote by him that says, I fly to release my mind from the tyranny of petty things. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because you can't be distracted and worried about dumb stuff when you're concentrating on mm-hmm. communicating and na- mm-hmm. navigate, navigating and watching the weather and flying the plane. And there's, it, it just is all consuming. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is a way of, of letting go of so much other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So for however long you're flying, an hour or two, whatever. There's no worrying about dumb things. Mm. Dumb things being things that are inconsequential or annoying, but not it's important. shutting your mind off to everything else yep. that is happening in your world. Yeah. Because you have to be very hyper-focused. So it almost gives you this like... Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know... One term is adrenaline junkie, but I, l- I like to ride motorcycles and I like to snowboard and I like to mm-hmm. I like to do these things that are 
go fast and don't die kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason isn't so much the adrenaline as the fact that it's the only time I can shut off my mm-hmm. noisy part of my brain. It's constantly like, what about this? What if we did this? Mm-hmm. How about this? And oh my God, we forgot that one thing. And the nonstop chatter in the yeah in the background. So you still have a pilot's license? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still Do you fly, fly out of the executive uh-huh. airport? Yeah. yeah. We just took um, Flynn and her boyfriend Graham up for his birthday um, last yeah. week or two weeks ago. Yeah, it's great. If you want to go flying, let me know. Okay. Go anytime. But it's... Yeah, he's an excellent. The answer is yes. Okay. (laughs) It's so fun. And I love to show it to people because Mm -hmm. I got the bug when I was a little kid Mm -hmm. and I never lost it. And and I love to give, get other people infected with the flying bug too. But it's, um, anytime I can find something that completely takes my focus, um, Mm -hmm. I've started messing around with watercolor a little bit recently Mm -hmm. and I'm learning to play guitar and those things when I'm really in the zone are restful in that the noise level drops Mm -hmm. and I can come out of an hour of session of something and be like, Ooh, almost like I slept. Yeah. There was, and so like, Oh, well, I wonder what the world is doing right now. I should check Facebook and see what happened because I let, I can, I can hyper focus Mm -hmm. for a little while. I'm not good at it for long periods, but for a while. And then I come up and I'm like, wow, that was yeah. like some other person having a massage maybe or mm-hmm. yeah that's your way of being still almost it is yeah. and it's it's counterintuitive because it's the most intense concentration mm. but yet it's relaxing because mm-hmm. it's one thing not a hundred things sure so that's my rest is yeah. is focus i think okay does that make sense yes thank yeah. you Absolutely. Do you guys have any MO or mantra that you try to live your life by? Oh, I love that Gandhi quote. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. That's such a good one. It's so good. Mm. And then I also think, what would Jim do? (laughs) And I'm not even like, because like sometimes I can't, you know, like I can be a little fiery. And when I'm stressed, I go to anger, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I... I pull back and I don't send that email, you know, <laughs> right like I give myself a minute right. and I regroup and I, and oftentimes I will be like, what would Jim do? Cause he's so diplomatic and he's oh. so good that sometimes, you know, I go right into being angry when really I just need to pull back and be right. like, let me think this through. So that helps a lot. Just giving myself uh, time to breathe. Yeah. Um, and then being the change. I mean, that's such a good quote because um, be the change you wish to see in the world. Because really, change starts with just individuals mm-hmm. just doing the right thing mm-hmm. and making little changes that have that ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So I love that quote. Yeah. So what's your favorite? I think it's it's not really a mantra, but the Robert Frost poem about the, um, the road not taken. Mm-hmm. I love the thought in that, that it's like when you're faced with a choice, you can go the safe route that you know what's at the end of it, or you mm-hmm. can go the, the way that who knows what's down mm-hmm. there. And I see so many people all going down the safe road, the well, the well-trodden one, the one that has like, we kind of all know what's down there because it's safe and mm-hmm. we've seen a hundred people before us do it. Mm-hmm. And if I can, and I'm not always perfect at it, but if I can, I'm going to try the, the unusual way because I don't know what's down there. And that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I've tried to live my life as like, what's, what if we, if we do this other thing, it might fail. It might be a disaster. But isn't it going to be the end of the world? What's the worst possible outcome? <laughs> sure. Am I, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if it's not death or bankruptcy or 
you know, someone getting hurt that you that you love or yeah. even mm-hmm. someone you don't care about. But if it's not a disaster, if it's survivable <laughs> and not, then why not? Right. Why not try it? Because the other way, we all know what's down that road. Yeah, Let's sure. not even bother with that. I was thinking about that today. I was like, one of the reasons why... I married you is because I knew my life would be really interesting, <laughs> you know, cause I've had the most fun since he, like, since I met you and well, not met you, but you know, since yeah. we've been together in 2003, yeah. like my life has been always interesting and always fun and never a dull moment. And that's one of like the things that I love about you huh. is it's always mm-hmm. like, don't be afraid. We've got each other. What's the worst that can mm-hmm. happen? And I'm like, that's actually true. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? if, you, if you ask yourself that and the answer isn't a disaster, then why yeah. not try it? It's yeah. You're going to fail sometimes. You're mm-hmm. going to, you're going to have to pick yourself up and dust yourself off, but a scuffed knee is not terrible. Whereas mm-hmm. boredom and predictability is what's the point, right? What's yeah. the friggin' point? And even if you make those mistakes, like those are usually the best lessons and the things that make you grow the most. Yeah. And they also make mm-hmm. the best stories. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, right? Bad so. decisions. Great stories. <laughs> yeah, but they're great just, for a dinner party. Yeah, but, exactly. But I'm telling you. you. Yeah. And, yeah. And they say, you know, experience is the thing you get right after you needed it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So. so how would people find both of you online or if they wanted to follow what you're up to? Oh my God. So many ways. Go ahead. So it's just my name on everything. Mm -hmm. So my Instagram is just at Beth Hobart. Um, Same thing on Facebook. I think it's like Beth Hobart realtor, or you can just Google Beth Hobart and you'll see my contact information. My website's Mm -hmm. BethHobart.com. Okay. I'm all out there. Yeah. In the world. As you would expect for Mm -hmm. a scatterbrained seven, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, there's a zillion ways. Um, Macbeth studio is the photography business. Um, Legacy life project is the division. Mm -hmm of the photography business that deals with the video um, stories. And I've got random, lots of random Instagram things like backyard bird bath, where I take pictures of birds on our bird bath. And mm-hmm. I've got Mer Dancer, which is my underwater photography. Mm-hmm. And I've got, um, you know, Legacy has a Instagram and Jerome, the drone, Jerome, has the drone has his own Instagram. And <laughs> um, Jim yeah, Hobart is my personal <sighs> and, yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah. It's all hard right. to keep track We're of it all. We're out there but, in the world. <laughs> yeah, sure. lots of lots of stuff. Oh, and I have a podcast. I have two podcasts. Um, okay. Zoomer Boomer, which is uh, a boomer and a Gen Z talking about life. Okay, um, like text etiquette, for example, which okay. that was a good episode. Yeah, Molly, Molly Antone and I do that one. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, there's Finding My Quiet Place, which is about kind of like what you're talking about rest mm-hmm. is how you find focus in a distracting and busy world mm-hmm. maybe and so, you could be his next guest mm-hmm. yeah i will a, preach rest <laughs> yeah for as long as you'll let me <laughs> all right well maybe you can be on my podcast and yeah. we'll, have, we'll we'll reciprocate here so we'll make yeah you yeah you come over. thank you yeah thank you for, thank you thanks for, for the delicious drink yeah, you're welcome you. oh always this is like my party trick you know yeah. obviously monkey 47 gin monkey 47 yeah, gin it's, it's my favorite it's delicious mm-hmm. um yeah this very very complex mm-hmm. but thank you for doing some days drinking with me and sharing yeah. stories and all the things thanks for asking the questions yeah, oh thank you yeah. for doing that That's you're fine. a good interviewer you thank are. you Thank yeah, you. this is good. Yeah, this is really good. I really this is, this is my like creative outlet that I can like. Okay. I don't have to like hit a certain number. I don't mm-hmm. have to like. I just get to like invite people that I like and share their stories, and yeah. it has no real like measure. It has to hit or whatever. So for me, it's like fun. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't have to sell tickets. I don't have to do anything. It's great. <laughs> um, well, until next time, thanks thank for yes, being with you. me. Thanks. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Fun. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? 